Welcome to the 200% Life Podcast with Adam Hergenrother and Caitlin Frotland, where we bring you weekly insights into spiritual growth and business success. Uh, Monday, we started our Living in Advance, uh, which is really fun. We had a couple hundred people come up here, um, still going on, which we're super excited for. But it was really cool to see um, how many people support young entrepreneurs. So my son uh, happened to be up at the Flint on Tuesday, and then he came over to the Hilton. We were doing it, and he set up. He, he put a suit on. I should have showed you a picture of it. He put a suit on. Actually, the day before, he was ironing his shirt to make oh, sure it looked good. So he cute. wanted to dress up like a business person. So then we talked about the whole role and identity thing because it gave a lead to there. And I was like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with like, hey, if you want to dress up like that, it's not who you are. But it, you fit. it's like you go to lacrosse, you put pads on. I said, when you go in business, you you can put the suit on. You're going to look professional. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with that, dude. And he's like, he was great. And uh, so he said something. Actually, we were, he had a tie on. And we were walking in and he's like, I feel a little uncomfortable to tie that. A little uncomfortable to tie that. I was like, oh, you're fine. You look great. Whether he's like, I have, because he's like, he realized that everyone else is in like more casual clothing. And so then he's like, take tie off. So I took tie off. And then after that, he, he had a vest on. It was really cool. Uh, you can see pictures on social for it, but it was, it was fun. But he uh, set up the shop and for hours he worked it. At one point, he got so many people coming in there um, trying to buy bracelets. Like he had these Livian bracelets met, set up. And he's like, I can't take any more orders, Dad. And I'm like, this is all good. So it was, it was really cool to kind of talk through um, on the way home to like how to build business and, and whatnot. And uh, I think it's also important. I actually ended up taking my other kids out because we had Captain Phillips as a a keynote speaker there as well too, just to listen to them and to interact with it and try to get them as many um, kind of worldly experiences as possible and not get so caught up into, I mean, I think schooling is important. It's got its role, um, but I also want to really quickly pull my kids out for other experiences they can have, um, particularly if it gets them to think for themselves. That's really what I want them to do. It's a fun experience. That's awesome. Yeah. So how did selling bracelets go? It was good. I think he made over $600. And, um, he had, you know, we always work through his script first. So about what is it? And he's like locally sourced Vermont made bracelets handmade from there that are going to be help funding a new lacrosse stick in my college. (laughs) Cause I, I, we bought him a new lacrosse stick this year and I was like, dude, if you want a new lacrosse stick, you can, um, you can sell and figure out a business and make one. And he was actually down in first in Stowe, Vermont. It was been leaf peeping season. So there's a ton of people down there and he created this, card set um where he just made up this card set which is really cool him and his buddy did and then he went down there and he asked three business owners if he could sell outside their shop and the first three said no and then he went to the fourth one and they said yes and they do it and the cool thing about this this particular experience when he was down in Stowe on the main street on a saturday and friday afternoon he made three four hundred dollars selling those as well too but he got rejected nine out of ten times and that was the best part was that I was about a hundred yards away from him sitting in a chair watching him do this. So we had eyes on him, but he was out there just getting rejected and just working and, and forming in script and just learning that it's perseverance, never giving up. But uh, also that it's just, it, it doesn't, don't let that affect you. Right. Don't let that. I mean, we talk a lot about, you know, obviously spirituality, personal growth, and, and really in the beginning, I mean, all that really is, is just, you just can handle reality. So part of that conversation and on a big spiritual way with Asher was more about, can you handle the fact that you're rejected? And if you can't, it's going to prevent you from, you know, accomplishing your goal. And the reality is, is he could, he started to overcome and realize that the objections just were fine and they led to eventually he got to another sale. That's awesome. Yeah. It was really cool. And I love just like not saying, you know, save your, save your chore money and then you can get a lacrosse stick, like actually 
We don't even pay them for chores. Yeah. We don't pay our kids for chores. Yeah. Do you guys, do you pay your kids for chores? Well, I mean, they're five and one, so no. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm mostly still doing the chores at this point, but I'm, but I don't think that we will. I think, I mean, to me, that's an extra chore. Yeah. Like something like the, my daughter, now that I say that, just so I'm, I can clarify this on the record, we do pay them for like, if they want to go wash the car. Mm. Um, stuff that's like extra chores. Yeah. So like Sarah the other day actually had, because they wanted something, Sarah had them go around and clean all of the windows in the house, which isn't, I guess one could argue with that, but their main chores, they we don't really necessarily yeah. pay them for. Because they're part of the community, yeah, the family. Exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, it's been fun. Um, inspired thought, well, Spirituality 101, continuing with this, right? Yes. Inspired thought versus egoic thought. Yeah. How do you tell the difference? Yeah. Well, isn't, isn't this the kind of old age question, right? When people start getting down this path, I think one of the, um, the first things that people raise their hand and say, Hey, how do I know the difference between, you know, you want to call it inspired thought or an egoic thought. I think it's a great way of classifying it as like somebody say is how do I know that's my true nature? How am I, how am I being authentic? How do I know that's the path I'm supposed to go down? I think that's really what, yes. that's really what people want to know. The answer to is, was is this the path I'm supposed to go down? And and the funny thing is, is when you're asking somebody else that question, it's it, it's funny. I know that people do it as they're looking for the concrete answer, but if you actually listen to somebody else tell you that and then you take it and ingest it for yourself for your answer, that's not the answer either. Yeah. If they get it right, they just got lucky, right? Because they don't know. You're asking the other person's mind what if if what your mind is making up or, or which one is the difference. Um, I think that the the question that people really are looking for to ask is how do I tell the difference for myself? Yeah. And before we get too far down this track and speaking of questions, just want to mention that if you're listening on Spotify, we're testing out a new Q and a feature and would love to know what questions or topics that you guys have that you want us to weave into these podcasts. So drop your questions in the Q and a box below the show notes. That'd be awesome. Yeah. We love, we love questions. Yeah. We, love, we love those. So, I mean, that's really the, 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 any, actually, any part of your spiritual journey, people love to discern the difference between how do I know that I'm following my, what I'm supposed to be doing here, right? I mean, that's kind of, no matter, it leaves plenty of room for whoever you believe of how you and why you're here. I think most people still want to answer the question, again, leaving plenty of room for the first part of this is though, how do I know the difference? Right, because we believe that inspired thought is like our purpose, our yes. destiny. We're supposed to go in that direction. Yeah. Where egoic thought feels like a chatter, distraction. Um, and so, yeah, and, and maybe there isn't even a difference. I don't know. I guess that's why we're... I, I think the, the, the starting place for this is once you recognize that there is a voice inside your head, that's really, I know... Um, people listening to this uh, should check that box because a lot of them already know that we, and most people I think are waking up to the fact that there is a voice inside your head, right? Like it's, you know, um, when I, you talk in a group and you, or hundreds of people, you always ask is like, is there, everyone have a voice in there? And everyone raises their hand now, right? You know, 10 years ago when I brought that up, it was more like, what? Like people were like, yes, but what is he really getting at? Um, so I think now that conversation is becoming more important and people recognize that I do have this voice inside my head. The challenge is, is what most people when they have objective, subjective um, clarity inside, they can tell that there's a voice in their head. But the majority of the time, it then sneaks back in and there's a voice in their head and they're not thinking that's the voice in their head. They're thinking that's them. And that's what they start making the mistake on. So it's almost like there's many, many layers to this onion that just keep going, by the way. And I'm not sure when they end. They haven't ended for me. So I don't know when they 
if at one point they end, um, if at all, during while you're here on Earth, um, in physical form. The so this this it really comes down to is like okay, so now I recognize that there's a voice inside my head. Right? That's the first component. Most thought comes from that voice, right? Because what is thought, right? Thought is I I'm in here, right? So we have to start with that. I who you are is in there hearing, listening, because it's, it's really thought doesn't show up necessarily in visual form, though it can, but I, I think most thought, generally speaking, and at least in my experience, comes first in words, right? Would that be yeah. true for you? Mm-hmm. You, may, you may be able to visualize the thought afterwards, but I think the first onset of that, I said think of an apple, like first, like they're an apple kind of show in there, but then I can picture those things to help solidify the thought, but uh, it actually doesn't even matter if the thought comes before or after, but initially there's like this, you hear something, right? I mean, how else to describe it? You're in there and, and something comes across your consciousness, right? Something that for you, there's a, there's a thought, there's language that is spoken inside that only you can hear, mm-hmm. right? At least right now, mm-hmm. at some point we may find a way that other people can read thoughts. And I don't think that's actually scary by the way, if that happens, because I think you would then give people a lot of, um, freedom to realize everyone else has these wild and absurd crazy thoughts it'd be like somebody going out there and be like you're the cause of the weather right like it's like no the weather just does what it is and everyone's thoughts that you pick up are just thoughts that you pick up it's not whether or not it's i think that would just be freeing for a lot of people because it would actually it would take it from what you think are personal thoughts and bring them out there in the open a lot more i've never thought of it that way of you know and of the mindset, like, oh my gosh, would that, that would not be good if we could all hear each other's thoughts. But what I really like about like Michael Singer and all these other spiritual teachers is that they're just reflecting back to you that everybody has these yes. thoughts. Like, yes. And so then, yeah, we would just actually see that more and that would probably be more liberating. Yeah, it would be like, you know, oh, she's not, there's a thought going on. It's just, it's there, yeah. right? It's, it's, it's whether or not you act on it, right? Or if you're, if you're a malicious thought that you're procuring. Anyways, so you first, you kind of recognize there's a voice in there. And then you have these, you recognize that there are thoughts that show up in there. And a lot of the thoughts that come in there, you don't pay attention to, right? Any of us, not you, you, but any of us don't pay attention to, right? I mean, there's, I mean, how many just wild thoughts show up every single day of different things? You're like, wow, that's just weird. Where'd that even come from? So you don't act on those thoughts. Where it really starts to grab you is when you become disturbed or you starting to feel um, really, uh, excited about something that happened outside that then either disturbed you or turned you on the thoughts really start grabbing you then they intensify and then emotions really come in there visual sensations tend to come in there more that's when they've got thoughts emotions and visual components inside there it's like you're glued right it's like you being in the middle of a movie theater and forgetting that you're in the middle of a movie theater and there's 300 other people in the room right you become so glued to that and then we miss then the the first what most of us are doing now is then listening to that and then following through. So we just give you an example of something I just, you know, you can even uh, give this example from yesterday. We we're at advance and, and somebody that used to work in an organization, um, they, uh, uh, they, they're no longer here. And we were chatting about this individual and instantly I could feel myself getting disturbed because, you know, they were just chatting about this individual and about, you know, it was just, it was whatever it was some relaxing and releasing, doing everything that we teach you this. 
And I could see the mind and the ego being like, oh, you should, you, this is why you need to go build your business more. Because then you can show them that basically, see, for them not being here, you see how like this is like, now I'm going to go build this massive income so successful just to make sure they know how amazing of an opportunity this was and that they lost the opportunity. Right. It was so clear. Like you just see this whole thing go on and the, in the, in the energy was actually like, was, you could feel it. It was palpable. Like it was moving and it like wanted me to engage with it and then start to get more engaged with my actions that would then go cause the business to go be built faster and, and put more energy into it, go be ruthless and, and all of this stuff. So I could build this massive business just so I could go back and be like, see, look, you know, we made a billion dollars last year net profit. How do you feel that? Well, whatever that number is, right? That is not, that is not inspired thought, <laughs> but that's how most of us react to these things because we're, what we're doing is reacting and taking actions based on the lowest part of ourselves driving our actions. And then by the way, this is why when we go in, let's just say it was like, oh, we need to go get, you know, a hundred more people for our company or hit X number of sales or sell a certain number of books or whatever it is. And then you drive and you go and do it from that inspired thought. And once you get that, that's why people feel lacking because it was never an inspired nature. It was all egoic thought. And that egoic will always leave you feeling unfulfilled. It'll always leave you feeling like there's something missing. It'll always leave you feeling like there's something more to grab, something more to get from this experience. And that's what happens when you, when you follow that inspired, that egoic thought, that egoic pattern from the mind it literally will take you down and it is real. I mean, it'll push you in that direction and you'll think that it'll feel good going in that direction, by the way. You'll feel like you're accomplishing things. The world's going to reward you for it because you're becoming successful. And then all of a sudden you wake up and you go, man, I hit it. And guess what? This person, whether they care or not, I'm just using that as an example for mine, whether they care or not is irrelevant because now all of a sudden you don't care anymore. And now you feel inauthentic. Then you go, then next thing you know, you, and you go, I'm, now I'm disturbed from that. And then all of a sudden, guess what? Another egoic thought goes in and goes, well, if you just had a different business, mm. right? I mean, if it, or if it was a little bit larger or you know what, or maybe you should go write a book now and tell everybody about your business or maybe you should go buy a new house and post it on social media so he can really see or she can really see you know, how, how successful you are. I mean, that's literally how people react to a lot of things. I'm just using one small example, but... The things that happen outside, these small events that drive us, drive our egos into overload and becoming a spoiled toddler. And then we take that energy and those thoughts, those egoic thoughts, and run out into the world trying to make the thoughts that we just occurred, that just occurred inside there, reality. And this is what we're doing. And I'm, we're taking a larger scale, but we're doing this with all of this stuff. Your five-year-old, right, is throwing a fit in a store. It's way easier to give them what they want right then so they calm down. Right. And it's the same thing you're doing inside. It's like all of a sudden I can't handle the fact that my five-year-old is throwing a tantrum in the store and therefore I'm now feeling embarrassed. So now I'm going to engage with that embarrassment of energy or whatever energy is showing up or anger that's there. And I'm going to give them and I'm going to give them something or I'm not going to do any of that. And I'm going to yell at them and freak out in the middle of the store. So they really understand how I feel. Either way, you're just now going from an egoic thought. Yeah, so what I think I hear that you're saying as well, too, that sometimes the egoic thought is are these kind of negative thoughts, and they're obviously negative. You're coming from a place of lack or 
unworthiness or yeah. whatever that's yeah. driving it. And then, but there's also like egoic thought that kind of has a positive spin, like, oh yeah, I should go do that. That would feel yes. wonderful. And so it's not necessarily about the feeling behind it, even being negative or positive, but it's almost that like drive to do. Yes. Like I have to fix this. It's like almost our, or just, yeah, this compulsion to do. It, it's so subtle, but it's, it, here's what it is. It's it, the, it's so subtle. Um, this is why you have to pay attention so closely. It's when that egoic thought comes in there, the disturbance can be high or low. The disturbance, what I mean is that can take you, it can make you feel high or it can make you feel low. Anger or it can make you feel uplifting or it can make you feel good if you want to do that. But the difference is, is there's, that is, that is what's driving you. And it's, and it's really this just, it's, it's a, it's a mind generated thought, but it never, it's not, um, and we'll get to inspired thought in a second. It's just this, um, I don't know how to explain it in there. It's, it's, it's just like a, you can feel, if you stop and pay attention, you can feel that there's a different part of you driving it. And it almost feels like, I mean, Eckhart Tolle would say the pain body would driving it, right? It's like, it's like you, many spiritual teachers would just call it like the ego or the psyche driving those decisions. And if you stop and pay attention and ask the intent behind it, and it's like most of the time what we're doing, if we're any egoic thought will always come from somehow or some way I'm not okay. Meaning I feel like I need to get something to feel good. I feel I need to avoid something to feel good or some combination of that. And then I take action based on the lacking that I'm feeling. Again, the lacking can be, man, I just had this really wonderful success and, and now I feel I need to keep it. And so now you're scared to keep it, right? You may have just won the lottery and you're going, how do I keep the money? How do I keep people from suing me? Because people that have a liquidity event, 55% of the time, they have, they're also sued. I don't know if people know that. Every 55% of people that have a liquidity event, some sort of big sale, um, are also sued or asked for money in some sort of way or manner afterwards. So again, so then people go, well, how do I, how do I hold on to it? And so then again, just from that event, now all of a sudden you have to hold on to it and protect it and protect this image. So then it just becomes this, now you're starting to take action to protect the fact that you even achieved this whole thing. And so that's how you can tell, I think I like how you said it too, Caitlin, was like, there's always an action or a doing that has to happen from it. Inspired thought, right? When you think of inspired thought, it's like a, like a conscious contact with everything. It's a visceral feeling. It usually, for me, um, the way I can describe it is egoic thought usually comes from the left side of your mind. At least it does for me. Like thought always generates from the left side of the brain and kind of moves in that direction from left to right. And you can kind of see it in there. Inspired thought is a much m more of a movement. Like the better way I think people could probably experience this is if you ever had like an aha moment, where it's like somebody tells you something, right, a hundred times and all of a sudden you go, oh, I get it. Yeah. I got it. I really get it. And you go, you go, yeah, I just have to live below my means. I get it now or whatever it is. And you go, yeah, I know. I get it too. And like, no, no, no. But I really, really get it now. What's yeah. the difference? It's almost like you feel it in your whole body. Whole body. It's yeah. a whole body sensation. It's where everything comes together. And it's not. And then when you get it, there really may or may not be anything to do about it. At that point, it doesn't mean that you take action or doership is involved. The fact that once you get that inspired thought, it's not about, okay, I need to rush out and go do something because of it. You may end up doing something, you may not. But the inspired thought as it relates to action will be, oh, I've got this movement. Aha. And what will happen naturally is this clarity sets in. And that clarity, if you want to call it doership, you can. 
but it's really just about the next thing that's in your path. It's not even about, it's not even a thought of, I need to go do this. It's just there. Mm. It's kind of like that flow state that people get into. Like, I love to use the example of like whenever, like you're skiing or playing golf or even presenting, right? So it doesn't have to be athletics. Like if if you're presenting or whether you're in front of a class or, you know, you're, you know, presenting to your family or whatever it is you're doing, you get in that moment and it's just like, you're not really thinking about what you're going to say necessarily why you're saying it. You're just, you're speaking it and it's coming out in that moment. The same thing happens when you're skiing and you're in a flow state, you're in the middle of the woods, you're just moving, but you're not really thinking about moving. So it's doership without thinking. And it, you're just, you're literally acting. And then the minute you start thinking about what you're trying to say, why you're saying it on stage, you will mess up. The minute you start thinking about which move I'm going to make when I'm in the middle of the woods is when you miss the step or you miss the the turn and all of a sudden you have to stop and go, wow, that was wild, right? Whatever it is, right? The minute thought comes in there, you know, Adi Shanti has a great example of this. Um, and I think it was in volume two or volume one of End of Your World where he cites when he talks about rock climbing. Do you remember this example? I don't know. So he was, he was rock climbing and he was, uh, for those that don't know, Adi Shanti is a, um, a wonderful spiritual teacher and was also a very uh, competitive um, bike racer. And, and mountain and rock climber. And so he was like 200, 300 feet up above this rock and he was lead and he was like, there's 20 feet of gap on the rope, which means that it was a 40 foot fall, right? So he was 20 feet above the, the, the mark. And so if he fell, he would fall past the mark another 20 feet. So it was a 40 foot drop essentially. And he got to this position right before the top where he tried to think through how to get through this whole thing. And he tells this whole story. He's sitting there and for about 12 minutes, he's trying to, figure out how to get through there and all of a sudden he's realizing he's coming physically fatigued right his body physically can't really hold on in this position anymore and he's literally facing physical death right he's in there and he's telling the story and he said in probably the last 15 seconds that i had to physically hold on he said it was like something overrode his system and there was no longer thought and he just moved it was spontaneous action in the moment so one could say it was thought but he said there was no thought there i just moved and he said then the the path became very clear and he was able to do it and he got up and he's oh. told that story many times about the difference again between egoic thought. Now I'm bringing that into this egoic thought or more inspired thought, which is just pure action in action. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. What comes to mind is I feel like there's almost two versions of inspired thought a little bit. There's like the in the moment inspired thought, Yes. but what about like the insight you have for your business or your life or your, and I've heard you say, or, in, yeah. but, but you talked about like when you were moving to Stowe yeah. and how you had that thought yeah. many times, but you sat with it and you didn't yes. make that decision, but it keep, it kept coming back up. And then eventually the pieces just fell into place on their own. And so, yeah, is there the like inspired thought when you are doing a speaking event or the Adishante example? And is there this other type of inspired thought? I don't. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's almost like um, I don't even like to use the word thought in there because every time the thought came in as an example to move the stove, I would literally let the thought go. And then what eventually happened was I just, like you said, just found yourself moving down the stove. And it's kind of like the same thing. There's nothing wrong with using your mind to plan or once you decided that is like, okay, great. We need to figure out we have to sell our house and how we have to enroll our kids. So you use your mind to engage in that type of stuff. But the action, the big action in itself was really just you finding yourself just moving. And then all of a sudden 
we're in a car and I'm like, we should move this though. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like a premeditative, like I'm going to script this out. There's nothing wrong with doing that. It was just much more in motion. You know, Michael Singer talks a lot about this is like, you just find yourself getting married. You just find yourself in business. You just find yourself, you know, writing an email out there. And it's not like you just are lost floating around. That's not what you're saying. It's just in each moment, you find yourself interacting with the moment and you're raising the moment the best that it can. Now, that may look like you've been strategic about those things, but the reality is, is again, you can have a strategic calendar. You can have, you know, times you're recording podcasts. You can have all that stuff and you can use your mind to set those things, but you just find yourself somebody inviting you to a podcast. You find yourself, you know, being asked to go present somewhere. You find yourself, you know, with your, you know, five-year-old having a meltdown, right? You just find yourself dealing with these situations. And in each one of these, if you allow yourself to get involved, like how it's affecting you, that's when egoic thought will always show up because it's always then about egoic thought is just another way of saying, how can I make this disturbance inside go away through the actions in the outer world? That's really what people are saying is I don't feel okay. So therefore I'm going to create and the thoughts are going to come in to tell me how to overcome and get rid of this disturbance that's inside. That's really it, right? That's the egoic thought definition, which is, again, it's, it's this, I'm not okay inside. Somehow I'm disturbed. Either I made a bunch of money and I'm trying to keep it, or I don't know how to make it again, or I ha- I've just lost money and I'm going to ruin everything and everything in between, right? Personal life, business life, all those things. And then you take action. The action is born from the disturbance inside you. Whereas inspired thought, inspired action, right action is what a lot of people would say, is in the moment of just taking the action. Because it's not about whether or not you're doing it to make you okay. This is really the whole line of the whole Gita, right? The Bhagavad Gita, which is all about right action, right? And it's like, okay, I'm supposed to go kill this person, right? I mean, if if you guys are familiar with the Bhagavad Gita, right? I mean, it's literally what Arjuna is being faced with. Friends and family on the other side, and they go, oh, it's your nature. You have to go fight this. Whether It was only because his own egoic mind got in the way of saying, I don't want to do this. Whereas in the moment, it was like, this is the... This is using that as a metaphor of basically like going into this battle and having to fight his own friends and family. I know it sounds weird, but on both sides. He was like, that was your, that's the kind of analogy they use in the Bhagavad Gita, which is, you know, literally about taking the right action regardless of whether or not um, it's egoically right, right? Or it fits your profile for the world or, or concepts for the world. So it's almost like egoic thought is of the mind, talked about that and inspired thought I mean is almost like misleading because it's really just about living life taking the right action like inspired thought I think is almost the mind's way of saying oh that was my wonderful thought (laughs) let me follow it that's exactly right but if yeah so I get that's kind of funny that we started this podcast about you know inspired thought and it's like oh it actually doesn't exist but yeah no it's it, it is it's a it's a way of framing it for the external world um in a way for people to comprehend this podcast but it's i think people can if you do the work and pay attention inside you will you'll notice the difference you, you'll you'll see the difference and, and by the way you you will you will get there'll be plenty of times that egoic thought will show up in there and and if, if people are really struggling to tell the difference this is what i would tell you to do uh is go follow the thought and just pay attention to whether or not this solves your problem and what you'll see is if you if it's an egoic thought and you're following it it'll leave you restless. It'll leave you disturbed still in some state. If it's an inspired thought, there's no residue. It's like writing on water. It's there for the moment for you to serve and then it's gone. 
It reminds me of a quote from Albert Einstein that I think um, is helpful in just separating them. But it says here, he said, the intuitive mind is a sacred gift and the rational mind is a faithful servant. We have created a society that honors the servant and has forgotten the gift. Yeah. And so it's like the inspired thought is like really should be the leader. Yes. And the other rational mind should be helping us just make, helping us make the right action. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, one of the examples in like real life, right? It's like, okay, you have this flash of what feels like business inspiration. That's like the number one thing I get, yes, right? Yes. This idea to do it. How do you determine if I should act on this? I mean, that's really like, should I go down this thing? Like, should I really, I, I had this great idea. Um, I was on stage yesterday doing this fireside chat and I was like, you know, one of the reasons why I hired these two seasoned individuals is because if you ever need a really good thought, I've got plenty of them. But what I failed in doing is actually making sure each one of those thoughts is executed properly because I always have great thoughts, right? Visionaries or a lot of us that are leaders always have a wonderful thought that's in there. And we actually get inspired by that thought. I use that word purposely because it makes us feel good of thinking that we're going to go accomplish those things. The key is what for me anyways, what I do, and this is just my own experience. Take this as you, as you will, is I instantly go, well, what is the real intent for me doing this behind this? And that's why I always just bring that question in there is like, what is my intent? And if I'm really honest with myself, the majority of those thoughts, it's somehow to enhance my concept. Mm. It's somehow to get more money. Now, there's nothing wrong with money, right? There's not wrong with it. But it's if it's purely to get more money, then that is an egoic thought. Now, again, that's not a popular answer. And people go, well, aren't I supposed to go get money? There's nothing wrong with getting money. There's, we're not saying that at all. But just like anything else, it'll show up, right? It'll it'll show up if you're if you're doing the right things. Um, and, and again, there's nothing wrong with using money or anything you want to do the, that way. But that's where, um, that's where that, that's where that difference really shows up. Um, so it's like that flash insight is you always ask the question, what is my true intention behind this? And you don't have to ask it out loud. You just reflect on it inside. This is more of a reflection for like, if I'm just trying to put myself in that situation of what I, what I'm going through inside there, it's more of a reflection of going, yeah, this is really about wanting to be better than that person. Or this is really about Mike. And then somebody would say, well, isn't that just being competitive? I'm a competitive person. Sure, nothing wrong with being competitive. But again, are you being competitive as a way to make yourself feel better? It always comes back to that. And you, we know what makes yourself feel better. It's trying to get rid of that. Whereas the more, the, the deeper work that you do, the more that you can release some scars or be, you know, in the moment or closer to paying it and just paying more attention to this thought, the less it'll have its hold on you. And then you really start to see so clearly that, man, I was sucked into this for a long time. I was so glued to all of this and it becomes clearer and clearer and undisguised. Like again, every spiritual or, you know, book for the thousands of years has basically said, when you do the work, it'll be clear, right? Like that's literally what in some form or fashion, that's what they've said. And it does, it just becomes clear. You realize, wow, it's kind of like, um, there's, I use this to my daughter the other day. I was like, because she was like, no, I know this. And she's 11, right? So, but trying to tell her that she doesn't know that, I said, here's an example. I said, Maddie, her sister is seven. I said, I forget exactly what Maddie did. I was like, you know how Maddie thought that that was what she was doing? And you're like, that's clearly not her. Like she could, Maddie wasn't at a, um, a brain capacity to really understand the difference of what the situation, it would be better if I can remember exactly what it was. And Sienna's like, oh, now I get it. Because she could really see that it's like, uh, that's not how it happened, Maddie. 
Um, and, and we knew it too, but in Maddie's mind, that's, that's how, that's what it was, right? Cause that's where she, her developed age was at. And seeing, I go, seeing, so that's the same thing when I'm telling you or giving you advice on some of these things is the same way that you see it. And you're trying to give advice to Maddie. Uh, and then she's like, Oh, I get that because and I'm like, and so then for us, it's the same way when, you know, people listening were 16, you thought you knew everything. How about when you were 30, you still thought you knew everything. How about when you're 40, you still thought you knew everything and everything becomes clear and clearer. Well, then, then you should fall into grace with the fact that you don't know anything because every year, every time something goes on, you become clearer and clearer. And, and, and that the more clarity you have, the clearer everything becomes. And that allows you to live a more, um, a life that's, you know, if you want to use inspired thought or the right action is used a lot in kind of spiritual, um, you know, books in, and kind of clues left behind, which is this right action. In, t- in transcendental meditation, that's what they teach you uh, a lot is like how to have right action, which is conscious action, which is action within nature. And that action feels purely, um, I'm not going to say spontaneous, but it just feels purely in alignment. There is no attachment to it anymore. So then you're just, you're just interacting with it. And so therefore, there's not a need for it to go a certain way. And sure, there's nothing wrong with like, okay, I've set a goal out and I'd like to see it accelerate or succeed or different things like that. But you're not, a, you're not doing it purely for that need, right? It's nothing wrong with about having goals in business or different things. But the difference becomes is there just isn't the desire for the need to be there. And so it's so difficult to explain because the need just isn't really even there. It's just not there for you to think about that there's a need, but it still could look like you're being focused on the goals. So anyways, that's just, again, it's, it's, people have to experience this for themselves. I mean, words can only take you so far. Yeah. It's like, it's the journey, right? Is moving from the egoic thought to the inspired right action. We'll enjoy your journey. Thanks.